Hashtag NFL. The New England Patriots assigned veteran quarterback Brian Hoyer to a one-year deal. I know. Right now, NFL fans, you're feeling it, aren't you? That's the missing link for the Patriots. So they got Stidham, who sat on the bench. You got Hoyer. You got Kessler, the former USC quarterback, who's played uh, sparingly uh, in Jacksonville and in Cleveland. I mean, if Bill Belichick wins with this trio at quarterback, he is he's beyond the goat. He's into like some type of wizardry. Hoyer's a career backup. And he's been Tom Brady's backup in Foxborough a couple different times. But this is, this is slim pickings out there, PK. There is, uh, there is not much a quarterback for the Patriots. If they pull this off, it's amazing. Yeah, I hear you, Dave. That's exactly what it is. Maybe they're a playoff team. The Bills? Got to be the division favorites now, right? With the Jets and the Dolphins. And, of course, crazy stuff happens in the NFL. We've seen that, you know, the Cardinals were 4-12, and 12, and then they were 9-7, and seven, and they were in the Super Bowl. Nearly won it. Steelers needed a great throw and a great catch to pull that Super Bowl out. So, you never know. But, man, the AFC East, it's been the Patriots and the Patriots and the Patriots. Patriots every year except one the last two decades. And now, boy, quarterback musical chairs stopped and they got career backup Brian Hoyer. Kessler and Stidham, not much there. Uh, Former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston, post on social media, took the high road. His post saying, it's been a great five seasons of the Buccaneer. All love and respect. I love Tampa and I look forward to seeing you all again in February. 30 picks. 30 interceptions. you got to protect the ball. We've heard Kyle Whittingham go on and on about this. 30 interceptions is a staggering number. And the thing is, somebody will take a chance on him. If you can figure out how to get him to stop making mistakes, he makes a ton of plays. 30 touchdown passes is a lot of touchdown passes. So he makes the good plays. There's no issue there. Who takes a chance on him and sees if they can cut down on all the turnovers? It really is. It's funny how stories repeat themselves because 25, 30 years ago, this was the Vinny Testaverde story. He threw a lot of touchdown passes. He threw a lot of picks for the Bucks. Former San Francisco 49er wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, a two-year deal to go to the New Orleans Saints for $16 million. He's had a lot of injuries over his career. How much has he got left? I think that's the question there. Now, of course, you go to the Saints. They got a lot of guys who can catch the ball. They got a lot of playmakers, and so maybe that makes your life easier. He's not going to get doubled. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA plans to deliver players their full salaries on April 1. They left open the possibility of recouping future salaries for canceled games on April 15. There's a league memo shared with teams on Friday. The coronavirus pandemic paralyzing the uh, NBA. Canceled games, loss of revenue, causing the league to leave itself financial flexibility based on the force majeure provision. I don't even know how to say that. Force majeure? Sure. Sure. 
Not as good as I could have done. In the collective bargaining agreement. Basically, this is a sign that the NBA is thinking, uh, maybe we can't play this season at all. Maybe we're going to have to end up canceling it. Say it isn't so. PK, this put a little doubt in your mind about whether they're going to be able to finish this thing, even if they finish it in July and August? Uh, no more doubt than I already had. I'll leave it at that, yeah. Former NBA players like Jeremy Lin, Lance Stevenson, and former Jasmine. Ebge Udo have returned to China to prepare to resume play in the Chinese Basketball Association. This, to me, is the whole flip side of the last story. The Chinese Basketball Association was shut down for a couple months, able to resume their season. Is that how it's going to play out in the U.S.? So, there's hope. Nobody really knows how is this thing going to play out. But it looks like in China they're going to be able to get back to basketball. Now, how quickly they get back to basketball, do they come back with crowds or is it uh, empty arenas and it's played as a TV event? Combination of both. Maybe they start with empty arenas and eventually they're able to let people in and watch the games. We'll have to see how that plays out. Obviously, uh, hopefully we're on the same trajectory and in a couple months and back to playing basketball games with crowds. But we'll have to see how this plays out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Utah Youth Freshman Center Matt Van Komen is in the NCAA transfer portal. He played in nine games, 43 minutes for the Utes as a freshman. Of course, he was a Pleasant Grove High, and he led them to a couple of state championship game appearances. They lost in both of the finals. Didn't play much for the Utes. About half of his playing time came in two games. Uh, Mississippi Valley State and the College of Charleston, I think. So... A bit player for the Utes. Would he have developed into something? Obviously, he's 7-4, and he does develop. It's going to be somewhere else, not with the Utes. But so far, the only guy into the transfer portal, which explains why Larry Kristoviak, in a quote last week, was saying, we've got 100% of our production back. He didn't say they had all the players back, but 100% of the production. So if this is the only transfer PK, that would be a change from previous years. I think it would, yeah. Obviously, he was a bit player, as you say, so... Uh, you would expect guys who are not getting playing time to leave. That's always been the case. That's nothing new. Transfer portal or no transfer portal, this is something that we've always had. So for the Utes, they need to return, as Larry said, the bulk of their roster of the guys who are contributing. If they do that, then they got a chance, obviously, to be better than they were last year. And we'll see if this is the only transfer. But it's the only one so far, and we'll see where Matt Van Komen lands. UVU had two juniors, Isaiah White, Kazan Jardine, under the portal over the weekend. They are grad transfers. White averaged 14.8 points, nearly 15 points, and about eight and a half rebounds this past season for the Wolverines, and this is what the transfer portal is. You know, if you're playing in a league viewed as being at a lower level and you have a big season, somebody's going to want you. It's going to be an opportunity for you somewhere. And of course, usually I think, this is kind of like the buyout thing in the NBA. You know, you don't usually let a team buy you out unless you know where you're landing. And you go into the transfer portal, Hopefully you've done a little bit of homework and you know there's probably a landing spot for you somewhere. Well, I think with those numbers, there's got to be. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Toronto Blue Jays president Mark Shapiro says he thinks Major League Baseball is going to need at least a month of workouts and exhibition games before regular season play can begin. 
He says, knowing that so many players are not even having any access to throwing at all or hitting at all, most importantly, just throwing the ball, and probably limited access to training exercise, it's hard to imagine we could get ready in less than four weeks. Spiro said that in a teleconference with Toronto reporters. So you do the math on this. So mid-March, uh, 60 days, no groups. That puts you into mid-May. Another four months puts you into mid-June. So that means we're looking at, what, a 100-game season? I mean, with weather, how far could they push the games back? Unless they did something really unusual, like move all the playoffs to warm weather and eliminate travel. But that, that doesn't leave much of a season, although they've done it before. It's not impossible. Well, I think what they should do is have all the pitchers get on Amazon and they can buy themselves some pitchback. You know those old pitchbacks? And then you can have the ball bounce back to you so you can keep on throwing in your backyard during this time. What do you think? Absolutely. I had a pitchback when I was a kid. Of course you did. Broke that thing. Everybody did. Yeah. If you didn't have one, you knew somebody who did. It was a netting, bounce back, had a little strike zone with cloth in it. Yeah. Painting the corners. Exactly. Uh, Yankee star Aaron Judge said his fractured rib is improving. Uh, he also says he had a partially collapsed lung. Two weeks ago, manager Aaron Boone said a fractured rib revealed uh, by a CT scan, and that was why Judge had been suffering tightness in his shoulder and pectoral area. That was limiting his baseball activity since early February. And Judge says the collapsed lung has fully healed. So... Silver lining, a little time off, and uh, he's getting healthy. Collapsed lung, that always sounds scary. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is going to be here at 8 o'clock. Right now, we should be sitting on the Sweet 16. That's where we should be. 16 teams left with the Aggies and Cougars still have been part of the party or they've suffered the disappointing end of their season. We can talk with Steve about that. Yogi Roth, football analyst for the Pac-12 Networks, will join us at 9.30, assessing the situation in spring. No spring football, but where things stand for the team. Some of the teams got in a little more work than others. We'll talk with Yogi Roth coming up at 9.30. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5. 1280 The Zone. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the question of the day. Should the NBA adopt a December to August schedule? Stuff that is being talked about now, depending on things break with the whole uh, self-quarantining. Might get a little sample, a little test drive here. If the NBA is able to resume this summer, we get a look at uh, how much interest there is in the NBA in July and August. A league that has had its finals in June for a long time now. What if they pushed it back? Avoided the start of the NFL season? Or avoided starting their season in the heart of the NFL season? And kind of took over the rest of the calendar. Did what golf did. Adapted and said, okay, NFL, you take that time and we'll take everything else. Would it work? Would you like it? Would you go to games? Or, hey, the NBA is great. But once the weather gets better, it's time to get outside. We put it up on Facebook and about two-thirds of the people 
are in favor of an NBA December to August schedule. That's a small sample size and blah, 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 all that stuff. So it's not scientific. But I was a little surprised to see how, how much people were in favor of this because I really think people like when it's time to go outdoors and the weather gets better, nah, I think people want to go. But most of the people responding are all about it, PK. Well, the finals are played in good weather, so what's the difference? And I think that with golf, they moved majors Mm -hmm. to uh, accommodate. Here you're using regular season. So I think that in the early part of the season, when you're playing a slew of NBA games that uh, don't have the level of intensity, and I mean, they have a level of importance relative to the standings, but in terms of the intensity, it isn't what it's going to be later. So I don't think it makes any difference uh, whatsoever. So it's a toss-up, you think, on whether they should do it or they should do it because the weather isn't going to impact playoff games? Well, I don't – I mean, it's an indoor sport, so I don't see where the weather's going to matter either way. But the you're, if, you want, if you don't want good weather, then play every day from uh, November to March. I mean, if that's what you're concerned about. I mean, I don't – the weather – the finals are played during when it's good weather – already so i don't see where the weather is the difference and i don't see where you're going to generate a ton of enthusiasm for the start of the season unless you reduce the number of games because they're playing 82 games and so the first 15 or 20 games no matter when you start them it's just going to be the casual fan because it's not going to be where oh my gosh this is a must game i've got to have this my team's got to win and all this stuff and there's not going to be these glamorous matchups because you don't only play once a week so the, the issues that the NBA has at the start of the season my point is they'll have them at the start of the season no matter when they start the season yeah by that you're not going to have any more or uh, less urgency in the first 15 or 20 games you know I get that part Uh, but I just think uh, of course you know already there's the bottom third of the league isn't playing in front of a lot of people I mean it's not like they're drawing big crowds in Detroit and Atlanta and you know on down the line if you got a bad team but it just seems to be even harder if you're going to compete if you're going to be trying to sell tickets for the bottom third of the league or maybe they just write the bottom third of the league off I think the TV audiences for the playoff games will be fine whenever they play them and people will obviously go to the playoff games whenever they play them uh, John shoots it down he was one of the negative voices no too many fans on vacation during the summer. Wants no part of it. That's vacation time, not basketball time. Okay, well, June's summer, isn't it? Uh, you know, depending on where you are, when school gets out, growing up in California, school went till mid-June. So we were in. But, yeah, here where school gets out in May, uh, we have been on vacation during the uh, NBA Finals. And wherever I am, I'm, I'm trying to watch them. Uh, so that's a little different. But obviously the NBA is flourishing that time of year right now. James is, uh, James is in favor of it. They really shouldn't be playing during football season. And other sports have learned this. What other sports? What sports aren't playing during football season? Uh, golf, redoing their schedule would be the only one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, baseball's on what has traditionally been a baseball schedule for literally more than a century. You know, the regular season ends at the end of September. Sometimes, you know, depending on how the weekend falls, October 1 or 2. And then they go into the postseason. It's what they've been doing forever. Yeah, I, I, and what... 
historically, what big golf tournaments were being played in the fall? I guess the uh, you know uh, Ryder Cup, and then when they came up with this uh, playoff, I mean that was it. I mean the major, the, the PGA has been in August for a long time until they just moved it, and when they moved it, they moved it to May. So it's it's never. Uh, competed with the NFL in my lifetime, maybe way before then, but I don't think so. The idea is not necessarily to finish first. The idea is to make money. And if you make money finishing second, what's the difference? Who cares? <laughs> right. You're, if you're rolling in it, so what? Yeah. Baseball is no longer the national pastime. Well, they got $9 billion in revenue, so they will console themselves with that. Yeah, I mean, they set records every year. Locke is continually saying baseball is in trouble. Meanwhile, when they have that thing in Williamsport every year, the, all the little kids go nuts. I mean, I, I don't understand it. And every year, they top the revenue from the year before. What's the definition of in trouble? You don't want to watch it. That's the definition of in trouble. And not as big as the NFL. Then everybody's in trouble. There can only be one team, one sport that's as big as whatever it is, then everybody else is going to be second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it might be. So they're in trouble. I don't, I don't understand that. Darren says baseball is so boring. Yes. Move it. Give me basketball in the summer. Okay. There's always, yeah, there's always sports overlapping and you always think one sport is more interesting than another. And one is more boring than another. Whoever you might be. Sure. Roy says, does it really matter? <laughs> Roy. I guess the answer would be to some people and to other people know they're going to watch the finals whenever they're on. I know I am. Zach says this would have an impact on the Olympics, the world championships, the European championships. Probably have to go back to college basketball players in those tournaments if they did this. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to your theory about uh, if you make more money. If you're going to make more money, who cares? I mean, one of the whole bonuses for the NBA was putting the players in the Olympics gave them all more exposure and made the sport bigger internationally. So since they've cannonballed into that end of the pool and made a ton of money off it, if they had to go back, so what? No, I think what they would do then is they would just move the Olympics. I never know how they pick the dates for those things. It seems like they float around a little bit anyway, especially if they go to Australia. Well, then have them in Australia every four years. Who cares? (laughs) Nathan says, I'm in favor of the move because I would be on vacation. I'd love to travel, go to California, see a Lakers game in the Staples Center, or if I go see family in Houston, go see a Rockets game. Plus, you make it out like most people have gone the whole summer. Only gone a week, maybe two weeks at the most. If you think about it, there are a lot of teams in the big tourist cities. Vacation fans could go see games. Well, then you better have a lot of money. (laughs) You better. Yeah. Go ahead, Price and Knicks game. I mean, they may suck, but they're still expensive. A very small percentage of the fans actually go to the games. That is true. For a long time now, most people are getting their sports experience uh, through TV. Think of how many games you watch in person a year and how many games you watch on TV in a year. And that ratio is uh, 20 to 1, 40 to 1, 80 to 1. There's probably people listening to this who are thinking, I love the Jazz and haven't been to a game in three years. Yeah, it's expensive when you add in everything, that the entirety of the costs. Yeah, obviously. 
855-340-ZONE. If you want to weigh in on this, is it a good idea? How would it go over? I guess we could get a sample of it here, depending on uh, when the NBA is pick when the NBA is able to pick back up and they might have to cancel the rest of the season but like the baseball timeline we were talking about in the last in the uh, last segment if if it's a 60 day kind of deal and they had a couple weeks to you know practice and uh, get back into shape a little bit then we could be looking at uh, July and August basketball and the NBA get a chance to test drive this one time and then see how people embraced it yeah I think it's sixes I'd be fine either way. I, I really don't see a difference. Either you, you're into the sport or you're not. And I am. We're going on press passes, so we're not the people that uh, gauge this by. We're going to watch all the games for work. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with it. Not long before that, I was a fan. Well, I wouldn't think the viewership goes to zero, so the hardcore find it whenever it happens. So what it comes down to is how do casual fans embrace this? And I wonder how many casual fans we even have in our audience and how much of our audience is hardcore. And it's not like the NBA Finals are going to get a, you know, a one rating. Well, there are only 100,000 people watching TV tonight. I mean, that's just not going to happen. And it's all about getting the... The hardcores are already in in whatever sport you're into, so it's all about getting more of the casual fans to buy in. And you think about how much football you watch, it depends on how hardcore you are. Some people watch one team, some people settle down every night and aren't that into the league. Maybe they're a little more like UPK and you know the Sunday night game's a big night, big game and that's the one they catch. Maybe a Sunday afternoon game that's pretty big. And there's other people who are just the hardcore lapping it up every week, man. They're they're on NFL Network on Thursday nights. It doesn't matter what random divisional game between 8 and 8 teams. They're there. And the NFL's cashing in on it. It's not the biggest thing ever, but it's more money for the NFL. And the NBA's got fans like that, too. Should the NBA adopt a December to August schedule? Should they go and say, hey, summertime basketball, this, this is the way to go. Avoid the NFL. 855-340-ZONE. Use your phone. Use the app. Send Yaka take, and uh, we, will, we will get it on the air here. You know, I, I think the thing we've seen here in Utah is the Summer League's been a hit forever. So the hardcore, depending, they've had years they brought in European teams. They've had years the Jazz had dra- big draft picks. Years the Jazz haven't had big draft picks. Years where they got lucky and the team coming to town had one of the, you know, the top player in the draft or maybe they had a couple of the top five players in the draft. It's been a 16-team deal. It's been a four-team deal, and it draws all the time. So uh, I think we've got a little, bit, a little bit to go on here. Now, those prices are a lot less expensive, and it's a different crowd and all that, but there are people here who are hardcore and locked into it. Yeah, I think that it reflects along lines of movies. What kind of movie sales do they have during the summer? Because in the summer around here, just about every day is nice. So if you can take one afternoon or one early evening and go to some place for a couple hours, I don't think that the weather, because it's so great most of the time, is really going to be an impacting the the attendance. So don't they do well in movies? I, I view it as the same type of thing. It's something that you can do to go inside and watch something for a couple hours that is relatively cheap. So since they're doing well movies in the summer, you always hear about blockbuster movies coming out in the summer. I think it'd be fine in the, no matter what it is, because it's not like it's every night. 
And so then you've got something else you can do tomorrow night. Well, I can reschedule and do it tonight and go that tomorrow or vice versa. So I don't, I don't really see where it's a big problem. Yeah, I've never talked to people in the organization about how the theaters do. I don't think they put the big movies out in August, but I think there are a lot of big movies coming out April, May, June. And if you got a hit, it's not just when it debuts. You know, it'll it'll be a hit for eight, ten, twelve weeks, whatever whatever the summer blockbuster is. So certainly that does go into summer. Uh, it'd be interesting to talk to someone about the megaplex theaters. And, you know, month by month, how do they do? And does it doesn't vary that much. Yeah, I mean, I can only go by myself. I, when I go to a movie in the summer, seems like it, particularly if I go at 6, 7 o'clock in the evening, it seems like it's pretty crowded. You know, maybe uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, not so much, but you know, which I think that would be no matter what time of year you're going, uh, unless it's something unusual, circumstances. But the rest of the time, if it's normal everyday life, which is not what we're having right now, obviously, but when we get back to it, it seems to me that they do a pretty good job in the movies. And so that's why they're, they're, they're not closing theaters. They're building theaters. Uh, Devin, thinking outside the box here, altering the question and the answer here a little bit. Devin says, uh, certain players whine about having to load manage. So why not do what Major League Soccer does and just make the NBA season eight months long and only play two or three games a week? Spread it out, fewer back-to-backs, and maybe the Stars will play more games. I wonder if they would. How much of this is back-to-back? He's a certain players. Okay, let's just say it. Kawhi Leonard, we're looking at you. Uh, there are other players who sit out back-to-backs, but I think Kawhi right now is the poster child for it. For a while, it was the, the Spurs, but uh, you know their older players have all retired now, and so that doesn't matter so much. Kawhi's the guy now. If they spread it out, if, they add, uh, if you add six more weeks to the season, you, and you're only playing you know, two or three times a week, yeah, those those back to backs, fifteen back to backs. You could have a season that wouldn't have any back to backs at all if you spread it out. Don't change the date. Just push the end of the season back six weeks or so. You'd be good to go. You into that? Well, isn't November to June already eight months? And it's actually. Well, I think he's earlier? talking about the regular season though, and spreading it out over. Uh, yeah, because they they have moved the starting date back now. I mean, there was a time. I think if you go back. When the NBA started and had games in September, uh, now that went away, and I think most of the time the Jazz have been here in Utah. I think it's kind of been a uh, October. They went to a point where it was kind of a Halloweenish start, and now in an effort to eliminate some of the back-to-backs, now they're opening up kind of early to mid-October. But the regular season, you know, ends usually April 20, give or take a few days. But what if the regular season just got stretched out and went uh, through the end of April, through May, and the regular season ends, I don't know, June 1, June 10, pick a date somewhere in there. So you're just stretching out the regular season six weeks and pushing the playoffs back. Stretching the whole thing out. That's a ridiculous idea. (laughs) Shooting it down? It gets rid of back-to-backs. Nobody likes back-to-backs. So, But in this league, it's not about depth. It's about top-end stars. Mm -hmm. So those top-end stars are going to be playing – two months worth of postseason, which now pushes it into August, and then you're going to have about five weeks off at best, and you're going to start again. So let's just take the stars and just get a new set of tires and just drive 5,000 miles a day 
and expect those tires to last. Those tires are going to burn out a lot quicker, so your stars are not going to be around. LeBron James, if he only has a few weeks off, literally, is not going to be doing what he's doing at 35 years of age. They'll be taking more games off, not fewer games off. That is ridiculous. So then you have uh, your uh, little scope the knee or the shoulder or whatever, and... You take off the first uh, month and a half of the season and give yourself the same long break. So how is that? So how what have you changed? Yeah, I could, to- I could totally see that happening. Yeah, I could totally see instead of instead of uh, Kawhi Leonard or uh, you know Tim Duncan or Manu Ginobili back in the day and whoever it is, whoever the you know Luka Doncic when he's you know thirty two or whatever, instead of going through the season and picking 10 or 15 games to miss, you would just extend your offseason by mer- missing the first 10 or 15 games. Yeah, he had a procedure. He needs a little downtime. And so the beginning of the season becomes even more meaningless than it already is. Thankfully, I'm here this morning. <laughs> and every morning. I, I once had a friend tell me, well, the, the NFL needs to institute four-point field goals. So I said, okay, yeah, think about this then. So he said, because then the games will be more exciting. So, so like yeah, a 50-yarder so, would be a four-point field goal? Is that what he's saying? Whatever it might be. Yeah, okay. So then you'd have teams against the clock, and they're, uh, they try a couple of plays, and they're at the 40, say. <laughs> I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Yeah, you need you need uh, you're down by four and you're trying to get a touchdown to win the game, but you right. get down to the twenty yard line and it's uh, it's third and uh, third and ten and you're yeah. like, ah, screw it, we'll just kick the four point field goal and tie. So then the then you just got this meaningless play where the quarterback takes the snap and runs backwards and falls down. Right, exactly. After he loses fifteen yards. Right. <laughs> You want to encourage more, not less. That's why your soccer needs to go aggregate goals. You don't want a sport that and Americans don't view, and I know you do, and, and, and strike me down because me and Jake Scott are not going to get into it, so our careers are going to go in the toilet like you told us years ago. No, uh, I didn't, but thanks for changing the argument. Well, I'm going to ask Jake Scott on that. So <laughs> He didn't even hear it. <laughs> oh, sure he did. Oh, well, eventually he did, he did yeah. Yeah, he, oh, he listens all the time. So he loves that part. He brings it out. So you need to encourage more scoring, not less. So you want to have them not stall. You want them to push at all times. So in the NFL, having guys run back and then take a knee, I mean, that, that, that would turn the game into a joke. And this thing here, extending the season and having guys miss the first part of the season, would turn it into a joke. No. No, think it through. But fortunately, I'm here to help you think things through. So then why change anything? The NBA is, uh, is booming. Sure, it, it sucks that the uh, bottom quarter of the league, those teams are struggling to draw. But that's true in a lot of sports. It's, uh, even an NFL game, bad, bad teams are struggling. Uh, Major League Baseball, yeah, bad teams don't draw. That's, that's been true forever. So people are trying to fix stuff that's just been broken forever and isn't fixable. Team, people don't want to pay a lot of money and invest a lot of time to watch a team that they know is going to win 20 games. Well, that's not new. Why is attendance the be-all, end-all? I, I, I don't uh, understand Because people that. make money off it. I mean, why are TV yeah, ratings end-all, be-all? But that's not where they – because that's where they make their money off of it. Exactly. Because it is. That's where they make their money. Why does college basketball have all these 
tournaments, like some Thanksgiving tournament. And I mean, the, the Maui Invitational, I've been there three or four times. If, if, if attendance was that big of a deal, they would build a 10,000 seat arena on that island. But that's not where they're making their money in the first place. It's the other way that they're making their money. And you look at all these places here that uh, the Thanksgiving tournament, wherever it might be, there's two to 3,000 people in the stands. But yet they're, they're putting on the live programming. I mean, that's where they're making their money. So I don't know that attendance is that big of a deal. So are more people going to watch the NBA playoffs if they're in the summer? They already are. I know. <laughs> so are they going to watch more if it's in August than if it's in June? I would what, say no. What's the point of moving? Because is the problem at the start of the year the NFL, or is the problem at the start of the year? I mean, by not playing on Sunday, you largely avoid the NFL. There's one Thursday night game and one Monday game, and the quality of those games varies wildly week to week. And so the interest level varies wildly week to week with those. So you can pretty much avoid that. The, the, uh, the NBA has got the weeknights. Uh, well, it depends on what you're rooting for. And I, I know you, you defend Channel 2 at all costs and the Broncos. We need to have the Broncos or the world is going to end. Well, put a jazz game on at the same time and see what the ratings are going to be. More people are going to watch the jazz because that's what we care about more than the Broncos. So it depends on what your interests are, right? If you put, you put a jazz game on at 2 o'clock in the morning around here, and my guess is you're going to have pretty good numbers because people are extremely interested in to see how they do all 82 games, whether they're back-to-backs, four out of five, whatever it might be, people are going to watch. Don't we just rock the ratings nationally comparative to the rest of the NBA is what I've been told? Yes, and I think that comes down to you know when you're, when you're Portland, Salt Lake City, Oklahoma City, you're not going head-to-head with the NFL, but a lot of NBA owners are. And so that makes a difference. They can't put their games on at any time. And even when they're the only game in town, they don't necessarily get the ratings that you get you know, if, you, if you've got a good team in a city that doesn't have the NFL and Major League Baseball, but you got other markets where, you know, you're competing head-to-head all the time. You know, so you want to compete more with baseball. I mean, if you're in a market where the baseball team is hot, do you really want to deal with that? Uh, you know, the excitement of a pennant race, and they got games every night. You know, you can, uh, you can avoid most of the NFL if you're going head-to-head. You, you can't avoid baseball. And uh, if a team gets it going and it's a great pennant race and the playoffs and all of that, maybe they want to avoid that. No. Make your product as good as it can be, and people will come, Ray. They will come. <laughs> there it is. We always end in a cornfield in Iowa. The classics never grow old. Yeah, you know, I wonder when you bring that up, this was the summer that they were going to play the game. Who was it? Uh, is it going to be the Yankees in Minnesota? Who was it going to be? The Royals? Who was going to be there? I thought it was the White Sox. The White Sox. White Sox? Yeah. Is that, that was, I, I knew it was the Chicago. I thought it was the Chicago team, but I knew it wasn't the Cubs. Uh, and now you wonder with this thing going on this year that we're involved in right now with the virus, if that's going to have to be moved or canceled or postponed, whatever it might be. I mean, our daily lives, it seems like we had Joe Ingles on last week and he was talking about, and we we played it this morning and he's talking about how he gets up at seven o'clock in the morning and he wonders, okay, what, what bad news that I miss overnight or what bad news am I going to have today? And so we, when we both heard about that last year, we thought that was an outstanding, idea now you wonder is that going to have to be scrapped because of the situation and and, and 
not that it's you know the, the end of the world by any stretch but it's just another example of how this thing that we got going on in our world is just interrupting and disrupting just about everything yeah i don't know what the date of that was going to be it was august oh it was because yeah. I, uh, I was reading a thing over the weekend about uh, how baseball you know are they going to get 80 games 100 games 120 games you know what's it going to be and how to play out and one thing was that there's uh too many tickets already sold, too many stadiums already set that they were because there was a whole thought, well, do you rework the schedule? You right, know, exactly, preserve games yeah, yeah. inside the division and not yeah. worry about other stuff. Uh-huh. And and the point was made that logistically that's a nightmare because teams have made travel plans and reserved yeah. hotels and you know, the people who work have worked their schedule around when the games are gonna be in town and it's just, you know, the camera people who are gonna do the games are all booked and they've got more multiple events. And so to, to mess with the schedule, that what they would probably do is just lop off the start of the schedule, and whether that's 40 games or 60 games or whatever. And so the article was making the point like, well, the Dodgers get an advantage. I mean, they're supposed to be a pretty good team. They've been in the World Series here a couple times in a row. They're supposed to be pretty good. And the Dodgers are going to get an advantage because they lose three of their nastiest East Coast road trips. You know, and other teams have an advantage because uh, their schedule was staggered, and they they were going to end up depending on where it started. They would end up with more home games. You know, uh, somebody else got hurt because they were scheduled to play like twenty. Assuming the teams that were in last place last year or in last place this year, that they were going to lose. They they had like twenty or twenty five games early in the season uh, where they were playing teams that were terrible. You know, they, they were just getting a sampling of last place teams and they weren't going to get to play the Marlins and the Padres and whoever else was on their schedule. But they were thinking, they, but it was just the logistics were a nightmare, so they're just going to play it. So if that game's in August and they're able to, you know, play half a season or whatever, that game will still happen. Yeah, I, I think that as far as this goes to me, I think that all the sports that are affected by it now that we'll see, hopefully, NFL and college football aren't, but the sports that are affected by it, I think that the playoff and all becomes a little bit tainted in that way because of all the changes and all the fluky things. But at the same time, under the circumstances, who cares? The idea will be the celebration of return to normalcy. So if baseball starts and say they miss 50 games, just round number, Mm -hmm. and they pick it up wherever the 51st game would be, that's what you're playing. And so one team, five teams have an advantage, 10 teams have a disadvantage. I don't think, and the same thing with the NBA, if that's what they decide, I don't think any of us will care. The bigger issue in this case will be that the sports are back because when the sports return, that I would assume would signal a return to normalcy. So I can go to Costco and buy a roll of toilet paper and not all that, whatever that entails. Not, or I can, not get judged by how much yeah, toilet paper or water yeah, you buy. Or I can right. go to my favorite uh, watering hole or go down to my favorite local restaurant and sit there with my family or my wife or whatever it might be and not have to worry about who's coughing sitting five feet next to me. So at that point, I don't think it'll be about the competition. It'll be just about the return. And so in my mind, sure, it wouldn't be the same as playing the regular 82 or 162, whatever it might be, whatever sport you're in. And if even at the high school level, if they have to condense everything, who really cares at that point? I I think 
in terms of I'm going to go junior high school here in that in that situation, all of us would be winners and there would be no losers because the experts will have deemed it safe to resume normal life. So that takes far more precedence over whether somebody had an advantage or not. I, I don't really care at that point, whoever wins the World Series or the NBA title or whatever it might be. It just doesn't matter. The fact is that it's back. That's what matters. Yeah, I totally buy off on that. Everybody's ready for a return to normalcy. The things that irritate you, that irritated you about normal life, you know, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, might seem charming now <laughs> when, when they happen again. Like, yeah, it was kind of a pain in the butt, but man, I'm glad to have that pain in the butt back. Now, when You're I definitely going to be happy to have the good stuff back. Yeah, return to normalcy, though, still, and I think y'all can back me up on this, when you're just licking that yogurt cup like you do, that's going to bug me no matter what. Well, get ready. I know. <laughs> I was telling Yak because <laughs> Yak can see me. We're social distancing here on the radio, people. We are, we are being responsible. PK's broadcasting on remote. I'm in studio. Yak's in the next room. Yak and I do not walk into each other's rooms. We each have our own room. We stay in our own corners. But through the glass, Yak will still have to watch me eat. Look away, Yak. It's horrific. It's- it is. It's disgusting. Horrible, man. All right, DJ PK. Steve Cleveland's coming up at the top of the hour. Sweet 16. Would the Aggies and Cougars be in? What are the odds? We'll get to that next. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up in about 10 minutes. Talk to him about... March Madness, how it might have played out for the Aggies and for the Cougars. Uh, the Aggies probably going in as a 10 seed, which means your first game's uh, probably a toss-up. And then assuming there's no colossal upset on the other side, you're getting a two seed in the second round. The Cougars going in as a, uh, a five or a six seed. That was where most of the projections had them, so assuming that those were on target. You're favored in the first round, and your second game is pretty much a toss-up. So would both have made it through to the Sweet 16? In a basketball year that was just crazy, the number one team kept getting upset, there didn't seem to be any big dogs. How a team shot a ball on one day would have been so important and really hard to predict, PK. You know, you, you're probably right, so I'm not, I'm not, I want to make sure that you understand I'm not arguing with you, but you keep saying that Utah State is a 10 seed likely. Right. And, and the point here, I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you, so don't don't get defensive on me. Uh, I'm saying, OK, uh, but the thing that I can argue is they got two NBA players on their roster and you got two NBA players on your roster. Man, you got a shot to win ball games at the collegiate level, because I, I think Kate is going to play in the NBA. Now, people will say Sam Merrill and maybe he isn't. But don't you think that if Sam Merrill keeps plugging away, he can be on somebody's roster at some point? He may not be a 10-year player in the league. I'm not saying that. But can he find a spot somewhere? I mean, Jimmer was an NBA player, right? We can argue, okay, he was a 10th pick and he was a bust, blah, 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 yeah, anything you want. He's still an but NBA player. He's right. still an NBA player. I mean, you cannot argue that. And I think <laughs> especially when you have shooters. 
Uh, exactly. You know, that, that is critical. And on any given day. And I think that normally if you saw a team going in as a 10, you know, and you can someone right now could, you know, go online and find the win percentage. You know, what percentage of the time does a two seed go to the Sweet 16? And so you immediately say, well, a 10 seed doesn't have much of a shot. But this year was different. Because this year, if we saw anything, we saw that the top five or ten teams in basketball and the top eight would be the one and two seeds, right? They, they were beatable. They could be had. Duke, Duke would have been uh, a two-seed probably. Well, look at the problems Duke had with Wake Forest and NC State, and they didn't have very good teams this year. So the, in a normal year going in as a 10-seed, you hope you win a game, but your odds of getting Sweet 16 are real low. But this year, it seems like you could just put teams in and just you know, throw them in the air and say, good luck. And if your shooters are on, you know, if Brito has a game and he's hitting the three, if Merrill has a game and he's hitting the three, and Merrill was so locked in in the conference tournament. I mean, he shot it, he shot it well three games in a row. He made, you know, he, he averaged the high 20s in that tournament, I think 27 points a game. So, yeah, I think this year they would have had a shot. And normally I wouldn't say that about a 10 seed. But this year, I feel like it was different. We will talk with Steve Pullman about that coming up. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football with Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Networks at 930. Steve Cleveland next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.